Hey everybody, Tommy Casaboni here coming at you. I am the host of this cruise podcast that you're about to listen to, in which we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about the overall general restart of cruising, which is just has to be on the forefront of everybody's mind. It's beyond exciting, and I don't mean that sarcastically even a little bit. Um, we also got a very, very special guest, a regular, semi-regular on the show, good friend of the show, the uh, biggest and baddest name in cruising, Mr. Disco Doug Parker is on the show, and he actually comes to us live uh, from onboard Celebrity Edge, uh, which is the first revenue-generating cruise out of the continental United States of America. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to be one of those radio hosts or those uh, uh, podcasters that make you listen to a bunch of BS before the actual cool interview. I'm telling you how it is. I'm going to play the interview right up front. And then after that, we'll do some banter. We'll talk about news. I want to talk about a few things. I want to talk about uh, the fact that Key West is uh, uh, we're coming or going. The Key West is like the new Cuba. I don't know what's happening. They're letting. They don't want big ships now. They're going to allow big ships. Governor DeSantis is. You got to give it to Governor DeSantis. He doesn't play around when it comes to cruising. He is, uh, for the most part. Despite that little hiccup where, you know what, he doesn't want you to be, uh, you know, he, he doesn't feel as though anybody has the right to, and you could argue, listen, I see his argument. Do I think it's a little, um, you know what, let's just let people get vaccinated for the first couple, you know, let's get, let's allow the vaccination uh, mandate. In my opinion, I think it, I don't have a problem with it being upheld for a little while. That's just me. But if regarding, regardless of that, in general, Mr. DeSantis seems to really uh, have all his irons in the fire when it comes to our favorite hobby, cruising. Let's start the show. Yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky From New York City to the USBI Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out Cause we got the drink pack and we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the boat leaves from Yeah Woo All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen To the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast My name is Tommy Casabona And I'm coming at you live From Hewlett Nassau County, Long Island, New York. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. As I said, as, as I said in the cold open, we're going to get right into the interview with Doug Parker. I just did want to give you a little bit of a, I guess, a heads up. The Patreons have been few and far between lately. We know that. We understand that. We're um, we're working on that. We're working on that issue. I don't know how it happened, uh, but we are working on the issue. I will tell you this, though. If you were planning on topping off the Patreon bandwagon, I might consider holding off, uh, holding off for a little while. 
I got a great story. Uh, I decided this is what I did, guys. And uh, like I said in the live today, no story, no good story ever really started with, hey. So I was on my way home and I got into my apartment. Usually not, you know, unless there's a, you know, a love interest involved. You know what I mean? Possible love interest. Uh, But I decided I was literally in my car. No packing, no nothing, uh, and I decided to just drive across of, across the entirety of Long Island and go to Montauk Point. I did that yesterday. Ended up staying the day. Had a well, you know, you might you might call it an, a wild night out, but um, I will give the details on the Patreon. So that's literally want to call that a tease. Call it whatever you want. It's p a t r o e n dot com slash always be booked. And I will be getting back into the Patreons. Uh, I There is help on the way at the job. You guys know the thing that's been keeping me away from the damn Patreons is this damn job. You know what I mean? I can't, it, it's, it's out of control. But I am going to find a way to be able to ideally get that off my plate. And I think it's going to happen. I think we're in good shape. I think we're looking good in that regard. Uh, So here we are. And uh, it is what it is. And what it is, is another episode. Uh, And also, by the way, check out the Facebook group. Always be booked. uh, Cruisers, Cruise and Travel Lounge on Facebook. It's a lot of fun. I am going to, during this episode, talk about some Key West stuff. There's also situations with Carnival. I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just deciding, you know what? Let, let's keep the buffet going. Uh, eat with your hands if you want. You know what? Pull up a pull up a bar stool and bring it to the buffet. You know all this COVID talk. You want to talk about? You know what? You don't need to be vaccinated. You need to be vaccinated. Carnival, we're doubling down. Okay, eat with your hands at the buffet. It's illegal to wash your hands before dinner. That's what Carnival did. Funship Freddy stands there with a little one of those. Remember those pointers? Uh, remember those pointers? Like I have any idea what it's like to go in a Catholic school with the nuns. You know, with the ruler, they hit you with the ruler. Funship Freddy stands there. He hits you with a ruler if you uh, try to wash your hands before dinner. Uh, I'm just playing around. That's not the case. But uh, there is a little something to that stuff, and we'll kind of get into that in a little while. But right now, let's get into it. The interview with the legendary host of the Cruise Radio podcast and the Cruise Radio YouTube channel, Doug Parker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back as promised, we have Doug Parker with us right now. Doug, describe this. First of all, we're going to go into everything, but describe your scene and setting right now. So right now, I am at Costa Maya, Mexico. Um, You could probably hear the mariachi band behind me and uh, right here by the pool with a swim-up bar. And it's very... Very cool. Um, the ship is like has twelve hundred people on it on Celebrity Edge. So people are starting to slowly file off the ship and uh, kind of gather around the pool and all the other areas around here. It's amazing because you know what? Every day people used to go on cruises. It used to be just. I mean, it was just there's always what give or take three to five hundred ships at sea at any given time. But at this particular time in the history of our industry, it is just groundbreaking stuff. You are on the first sailing out of the United States of America by a, by a mainstream cruise line, aren't we? Aren't you? Yeah, first one, um, first major one, yeah. 
That is, uh, I mean, it, it. you just have to kind of take a step back. And I know you've probably, so much goes into booking, the planning, the showing up. Have you had time to kind of soak that whole thing in that this is really kind of, uh, make no mistake about it to me, it's historical. Yeah, no, it, it totally is. And I knew Sail Away was emotional. And uh, the whole cruise has been really, it's just, uh, Gosh, it was 511 days between when I got off my last ship, which was MSC Davina in early 2020, to walking on Celebrity Edge. And yeah, it's it's uh, I get choked up even talking about it. Yeah, no, I, I know that that's going to happen to me. I'm ready for that moment when you actually get back on that ship and cross that threshold to through the gangway. And uh, did you? is that really when it hit that high point? Was that like when it happened and kind of hit you like, I'm really on a cruise ship right now? I think it was more of like sail away, right? Because you're so like, you know, endorphins are pumping, adrenaline's going, and you're on the ship and you're just so excited. You want to check everything out. So it really didn't sink in until I was on my balcony on sail away and the pilot boat came coming up next to uh, my like, I guess my cabin is right where the pilot boat is below me. And I saw that big pilot boat come to the ship. The pilot got off and I was like, holy crap, we're we're back. Is there an is there besides that like you bring up something good because it's like a, with me it's a lot of times it is the little things it's the things that you forgot that you is there anything that popped out in the first couple of days of cruising like oh yeah this I miss this it was really weird right because um, I know up in New York it's probably about the same way is that you're so used to until recently wearing a mask going anywhere you go like where my studio is downtown they just dropped the mask mandate two weeks ago so um it's weird walking around the ship without a mask but then again there's 99 percent of the people on board are vaccinated um so it's uh it was kind of it, it's still that weird feeling of walking around without a mask on which is awesome an awesome feeling um in a way it feels like um it's just we're picking up where we left off Right. Yes, I was going to say that too. Like you probably feel like, "Oh yeah, like it, it's like time moves so fast, but then also sometimes time moves so slow." It's probably the same thing. It's like, "Wow, this is really happening again." And then it's like, "Oh yeah, just, you know, this is like riding a bike probably." Yeah, but I mean, I did like you know, I've had my moments like talking to the uh, the crew, the who they're all masked up, but you know, I asked when to take their mask off for a photo, and she did. And just the smile was it wasn't a forced smile like a lot of people do. It's like they are so happy as well to see people as we are to see them. That's a common theme I've been hearing. Uh, just the crew seems to be just so happy. Uh, you can kind of like it's almost like like palpable how in how much how much they appreciate being back to work, back on the cruise ships, and uh, that that's a common theme you've been hearing. And that's not just lip service, huh? That's that's the real thing. There, you, you think ship wide across the board, everybody's ha- happy to be back to work on the ship. Yeah, oh, totally, one hundred percent. There's you can see smiles under the mask, man. One crew member was on board for a year because he couldn't get back home until literally a few months ago, and they brought him right back. Uh-huh. Um, another another crew member signed off, and she in uh, February, and she was taking her six months off and coming back for I think she said twelve months, and she was on the you know she just got back um, early May. They started bringing crew back on edge to test them and all that stuff and backs them she was from jamaica so everyone has a unique story and it's just uh yeah it's it's a lot to process and uh i'm 
I was on the fence about doing this sailing um, because I was supposed to be on adventure last week. And I didn't want to do back-to-back like that um, just because of, like, kind of logistics and everything, getting from Nassau to here, and the airport's a hot mess over in Nassau. But yeah, I'm so glad I did, man. This is a uh, – yeah, this is – I I don't want to say it's a historic moment, but it kind of is. We're – cruising is, is coming back. I, I got it. I got it nailed down as a historic moment. And again, yes, in the grand scheme of things, it's a vacation, yes, but – this is uh it's more than that it's an industry it's uh a, a, a economic ramifications of what has happened and everything like that so i to me it's nothing short of something that's you know historic and again i, I i'm so I, I almost get chills just watching and talking to you watching people get back on cruise ships but yeah i was going to ask you you were supposed to be on one of the adventure sailings how did how did you end up and why did you end up switching it over just because of the back to back thing or it was the back-to-back thing, but also what really, I guess you said, you could um, put the nail on me not going is they did that whole last-minute PCR test that you had to get before boarding the ship. Um, and I was driving back from Salt Lake City to Jacksonville when the email came through, and I was like, didn't have time to go to CVS and get the test and get the results because CVS was saying 48 to 72 hours. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to kind of ax this sailing take the $3,500 future cruise credit and take an awesome cruise down the line when things are, you know, back to normal. We don't have to take a, a test or be pushed for time to get to Nassau. Of course, of course. All right, so the experience in general, like, of course, I, I mean, I can tell you right now, I talk over and over again about managing expectations. And when I'm on that same ship on October 30th, when I go, uh, I'm going to have my expectations managed. Having said that, when you get on the ship, and you kind of just go throughout your day-to-day, is there a significant difference between cruising now and cruising then? I don't think so, man. The only thing that's noticeably different, and I said this on an interview on NBC yesterday, is that aside from you know a lot of more uh, app-based experiences, doing things on the app, the reservations and all that stuff, which was kind of coming into the picture anyways before all this happened, is the fact that like when you're in the... Um, Ocean View Cafe, which is their Lido uh, buffet, um, they're just serving you now. So the full everything is they are still there. You have if you want to get a dozen pieces of bacon or a whole plateful, you can still get it. It's just someone's actually serving you. And in a way, to me personally, I'm only speaking for myself here. That's better because I'm not touching a handle where you know a thousand other people have also touched. I was always like thinking about that. Like, I, as crazy as they are about washing your hands and walking around the ship and everything like that on cruise ships, I was always like, this pair of tongs is literally sitting in the salad that I'm about to grab from. And, right. I mean, improvement's improvement. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, it's great. So, no problem with that. But it, it's awesome to just talk about being on a ship. Can you, can you talk about the Celebrity Edge? I don't think you've been on the Edge before, have you? Uh, this is my third time on it. All right. Well, there's so, that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I I was on the inaugural, and then I did a, uh, a a week cruise about, well, right before the shutdown, actually, on it. But, yeah, it's it's a cool experience, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it has that, uh, we'll say, gimmicky magic carpet, but it's really not because it's kind of cool with, uh, um, you know, it's multi-purpose, right? So the big orange thing is a bar on sea days at the very top of the pool, uh, uh, top of the ship. And then it can go down to deck five and be an extension of the seafood restaurant raw on five. Then it goes to another level, and it's called Dinner on the Edge, which is a dinner experience out there, which can be kind of dicey with if it's really windy. And then um, 
on a day when you're tendering, like Grand Cayman, for instance, it goes down to deck, uh, deck zero uh, to the Destination Experiences deck, and it's a tender platform. So there's a lot of stuff you can do there. Um, the back of the ship uh, where Eden is, so it's kind of like that um, immersive experience, not as creepy as it was back in the day when I sailed it. They kind of toned it down because people were getting kind of creeped out by the Edenist characters and everything. No more of those. What was it board, like? Like people like naked and stuff running around? Well, I don't want to say naked, but yeah, kind of that given that illusion and kind yeah. of like they're they're coming up to you like, oh my gosh, you're a person. I'm not a person. The person, you know, the Edenist was. And it was kind of like really freaking people out where they would just turn around and leave. So uh, they, they toned that down and put um, like acoustic guitar players and soloists and stuff in there instead. Um, but that's kind of like if you're familiar with Royal Caribbean ships, that's the same area as uh, 270 is in the back of those Quantum class ships. Yes. Um, what, I'm trying to think what else, Ben. The theater is nice. It also has the 270 experience with the, the show is incorporated with the 270 degree screens around you. So that's um, – that's kind of cool, but just you know, you can't really beat it with celebrity now because you're paying one fare for gratuities and drinks. It's nice just going to a bar, not having to to work to track your bill. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going on that thing, but I had a UR comp deal, and honestly, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm we're literally uh, Chris and I are going on the on the cruise and paid like I think like three eighty or something like that for both of us for a balcony mm-hmm. for a balcony, so. I'm wondering is if you're on a celebrity cruise, is the drink package included, or do you think that they would extract that from from my deal? I don't know about a comp comp cruise, though. I mean, I would think because that they started that that went into effect in November of 2020. Even though ships weren't sailing, that's when the policy was implemented. That for here on out, we're all inclusive ish. We'll say. Um, so I don't know, man. But interesting, interesting. On your experience, but yeah, it, it is nice. Like, so I think I think with my package, I can get anything up to uh, fifteen dollars a drink, and then I have to pay the difference if I go and get an eighteen dollar drink. I pay three bucks or whatever. But I just stick with uh, Tito's and soda, so I'm, I'm safe there. Absolutely fine, absolutely. So you do have a? You said you have a balcony. Yeah. Uh, are it's those a, are those verandas kind of cool? I've heard totally mixed reviews. I've heard people say it's the best uh, balcony at sea. Shout out to Matt of Matt and Thelma. And uh, I've also heard people say, you know what? It doesn't even really feel like a balcony. You never really feel like you're outside. Yeah. It, it, so I have a ba- regular balcony right now. I don't have the and, um, infinite veranda. Oh, I didn't even veranda, know they had they those. Call it. I, didn't know, I didn't even know they yeah. did non-infinity veranda, verandas. So, so I'm in a regular balcony, and I mean, I have sailed in the infinite verandas twice. Once was nice, but once was a hot mess because it was a technical nightmare because the uh, they kept getting stuck, and then the blinds were jumping the track and tearing when you're trying to it had this accordion blinds on it, oh. and they were tearing. And maintenance was in my room like five times on my seven night voyage last time. So it's nice to actually nothing beats uh, just a regular freaking balcony though where you open the door and you go out there like hell with i appreciate the experience that they were they were trying to do but talk about sucking all the air out of your room and turning your whole room into like a um uh, humid central like just fogging your mirrors and everything when you have those infinite verandas because the caribbean's so humid you know humid you know yeah okay interesting interesting um no that's good info let, let me ask you about where you're going are are do you have anything 
uh, planned? Did you bring the drone? Are you? Did you sign up for an excursion? Are you? What are you pumped about as far as any of the? I know you're in Costa Maya now, and you know, by the way, people sleep on Costa Maya a little bit. Uh, they don't like it. They say it's like, and it is man-made for cruising. But that sure. little area where the infinite, where the uh, swim-up bar is, and I'm telling you, if you can, if they do that show. And I forgot what it's called, where they go up in the air and they spin around. That's really that's really a piece of Mexican culture that's pretty impressive to see right in the cruise port. Um, but I guess that's two separate questions. So the question is, do you have anything that you're pumped up about excursion-wise at any of the ports on this particular sailing? So this today, I'm just kind of doing the port and doing a couple of video things. And then tomorrow, I'm doing a um, catamaran and snorkel type thing um but that is only because celebrity straight up told us um we can't get off this ship tomorrow unless we have a curated experience which they're calling basically if you don't book our excursion you're not getting off the ship okay. type thing and, wh- and where is that that's in um, cozumel okay so tomorrow i'm doing catamaran and snorkel um in the nasa we can do whatever we want on our own so there's three ports of call and three sea days on this sailing seven nights saturday to saturday very nice. And the other one is Grand Cayman? Uh, so Costa Maya, Cozumel, and Nassau. Nassau. Okay, gotcha. All right, that's the three. Um, yeah, the, the Cozumel is just kind of known for the diving and the snorkeling and things like that. So uh, sounds like that's going to be an amazing time. It's really, I mean, you know, it's and like you were saying, people do shit on this port I'm at right now. Um, I don't want to say it too loud because there's like people all around me. Um, but they uh this this is a nice experience you know what it reminds me of i don't know if you've been there or not have you ever been to grand turk yes okay so it's kind of minus like the jack shack experience there's the big pool with the swim up bar uh just the beers are a lot cheaper here and the drinks are a lot cheaper than grand turk because it's not margaritaville here it's kind of like their own branded experience here right but there's like there's so much to do here at the cruise port too there's like I don't believe in swimming with the dolphins. No, uh, no offense, anyone that does, um, but you can do that. Uh, there's a water park, like literally built in this big man-made like a pyramid, or um, I guess a ruin. I guess it is. Right. Um, there's a lot of stuff to do here. Um, restaurants, a nice restaurant, uh, restaurant on the beach towards the end here that has awesome lobster there. So there, there's a lot to do here. So I, I'm not going to completely. I was one of those people that were like, "Ugh, Costa Maya," but. And part of it could be I haven't been here. I haven't been on a uh, cruise in 500 days, right? So I could just be excited. But I think this may have uh, relit the spark for for maybe ports I didn't appreciate and probably have a new appreciation now. Totally, totally. It's like I said, managing the expectations. And if you know you know what you're getting into with Costa Maya, it's going to be yeah. – not necessarily a beach. They think they have beaches you can go to, but just if you do want to go crazy, they will take you to to some ruins. And like I said, you could see that water park. You can almost feel like you could reach out and grab it for if you're on the Lido deck or on the top the top deck of the ship. Yeah, it's it's really close, and they had like three um, ruin experiences here that you could book. Um, and the other one was like this seven color lagoon, I think, and there was like an ATV experience. There was like probably a handful of things you can actually book here, but I, I just wanted to spend the day taking it all in and checking it all out locally here and kind of supporting the local businesses at the pier because these uh these folks have been uh, through at least the stories i've heard on board and i'm sure it's the same on land here people who depended on the cruise industry they were just financial financially blown to hell absolutely 
So another selfish question as I'm uh, previewing my own cruise on Celebrity Edge. I have never been off of the big three. I've never been on a cruise that's not been either Carnival, Norwegian, or Royal Caribbean, barring Bahama Paradise, but we don't really count that. Um, do, do you really feel it? Do you feel a little bit of an elevated level from what you would, might call the premium experience on like a princess or a, or a celebrity or something like that, do, Like whether it's food or whether it's service? Is it different than the mass market big three level, or no? Is that overblown? You know, I, I don't. It's hard to say. I, I, that's a big question I've been asking myself this whole cruise because, like, how does this? My last three cruises were actually my last four cruises: Royal Caribbean, Norwegian, Carnival, and MSC. And then onto this, and I don't know if it's. Uh, I mean, they have experiences better here, but I'm also wondering if it's because we're only sailing at 40% capacity too, right? Like I could have a different experience walking into the Ocean View Cafe, trying to get breakfast or lunch, and you know, being swamped with 4,000 people instead of 12 1,200 people. Oh, that makes um, sense. So yeah, so I, I really. I would have to sail this like you know under normal circumstances to kind of give a fair comparison, but. Uh, I'll say one thing, selfishly, it sure is nice only sailing with 40% or whatever it is, 35% capacity on board. Have you tripped over any vloggers? You know what? Not really. I, I, I've seen um, – there's a couple of people on here. There's the uh, – I believe it's like EEC or something like that. Um, they're on here. There's uh, – I don't know. I've, but I've it's seen not like two like or three, but – That first no, one was just like – it just seems like microphones were hitting each other in the middle of the uh, atrium right. and like you know people were dropping cameras everywhere. Um, it just yeah, sort of seemed like – before, before I let you go, just – I guess maybe just encompass more. Is there anything else that you can kind of think of that uh, people should be aware of? Not, I'm not even talking about the pre-cruise experience. I'm talking about being on board. If you're thinking about taking a cruise right now – uh, any good, bad, or indifferent, any differences from the regular cruise experience overall? It's going to vary from line to line, right? Because like with this, with Celebrity, you're going to have fully vaccinated vessels. So it's going to be different than sailing Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas on July 2nd, where they're doing a little mixture of both and creating venues for unvaxxed and vaxxed people like they you know uh, um unvaccinated they can't go into the schooner bar they can't go into a zoomie they can't go to the casino bar vitality spa so there's a lot of differences it's going to vary from line to line like norwegian said hey we're doing 100 percent vax so that's going to be kind of a um you know the whole bubble experience where it's not going to be on royal caribbean for instance and then carnival is doing the 95 percent vax as well so um they're in a tough spot though the cruise lines are they're just trying to figure out what works best because obviously none of us have been through this before yeah we're uh, just hoping you with all them trying to navigate through it and their different kind of conditions and under what circumstances they're allowed to do this and do that and then they're choosing their own lane um I'm just hoping the whole thing becomes antiquated soon. And uh, yeah. I, I, the information you said, I wanted to say, I, I heard it on your show yesterday. You and Richard were kind of diving pretty deep into that. And um, I think, every, by the way, everybody check out. Uh, I know if you're listening to this show, you already know. CruiseRadio.net is the website. And Cruise Radio is the podcast that you can find across any podcast platform. And I do want to thank you doug for taking a couple of minutes out of your cruise and uh shooting the listeners some info on what they can expect and uh i, I always watch the youtube stuff i check everything out and i don't miss a beat but 
I'm watching yours, and if you want actual, real deal, concise information, I'm seeing what you're doing on your YouTube channel, and it's like a little bit of an extension of your news briefs, right? You're doing a quick little hits on the news? Yeah, so it's two minutes, two minutes, 20 seconds um, every day. Right now we're taping on Celebrity Edge, and so it's kind of, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of damn work when you're trying to do all this stuff on a laptop instead of a in an actual studio with two 27-inch monitors, but having fun out here doing it, and uh, yeah, just doing uh, broadcasts and stuff like that from the ship, and trying to, you know, some people are uh, actually commenting that I have, I'm on in front of a green screen. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> oh, yes, I saw those. Yeah, I could see why they would think that. That, that scenery yeah. is awesome when you were doing the road trips and stuff like that, but no, I knew you, I knew you were actually there, but it, it looked amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Of course, of course. So check that out on YouTube. Cruise Radio on YouTube. Uh, always, always the latest and the most accurate, confirmed, uh, verified info uh, from Cruise Radio, all things Cruise Radio. Doug, I really want to thank you for coming on. I appreciate the couple of moments you gave us. And uh, congratulations on being back at sea. And thanks again, man. Anytime, my friend. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, another contribution to the always be booked cruise podcast from the legendary doug parker and yeah man he's still out there he's still ah you know it's all it's just all happening it's just awesome that people are starting to go back to sea and there's real live cruises happening now you guys know i'm listening to uh, a lot of the content that's coming through the the vlogs the blogs the youtube everything whatever you want to call it uh not a lot of it is getting by me so i'm enjoying all of it and I'm paying special attention. Now, there's two real takeaways. Everybody's had, everybody has their thing about what makes it different. Why? Is, what are the similarities and differences? And you know, everybody's going to have their own opinion as it pertains to that stuff. Now, my my thing is is like, okay, you're going to get all sorts of answers across the board. It's the same thing when you're looking for reviews in general. I don't I'm not the guy who runs around and pays too much of attention. Uh, to a lot of reviews, whether it be restaurants or products or this and that, except when you do read a bunch of them and they all have a specific thing and it's consistent across many people. Clearly, there's a little bit of an issue. Uh, and now when you want to talk about these vloggers and bloggers and people who've gone back on cruising, there's really two things that I have kind of noticed that they talked about that are consistent. Now, the first thing that I hear them all saying, and you just heard Doug say it, I heard Sherry say it, I heard um, Tony, uh, Tony and uh, John, I believe I heard them say it. I think I heard Matt from Royal uh, Royal Caribbean blog say it, and they remarked how similar to regular cruising it really is not similar it is a regular cruise i shouldn't say how similar but i think we all again taking my one of my monikers i have like these hard and fast rules of cruising uh first rule there are no rules whatever that type of thing but i do have certain rules and one of my biggest rules and i guess talking points uh on cruising is just to manage your expectations uh in certain areas when you go on certain voyages or you're going to try something do just manage your expectations and set yourself up to enjoy uh change your expectation to appreciation and 
what I can say in that regard is it it's clear that, you know, maybe everybody managed their expectations and were expecting, uh, you know, mask wearing and social distancing and rules and regulations that are coming at you from every angle on these returns to, to, to sailing voyages. But across the board, people are, are really kind of saying that this is just like a regular cruise. They remarked how remarkable they feel that it is that on these trips back to sea, it really feels like a regular cruise. They, it, it makes me think they were perhaps waiting or expecting a lot more in the way of protocols or rules and regulations. And it sounds like these sailings are going off without a hitch. Now, when I say going off without a hitch, we know the situation. The situation is that there were COVID cases on board some of these return to sailing, uh, you know, cruises, the initial ones, the first wave of sailing. And that's the thing I always said from the beginning. I said it over and over again. We are not going to have a zero risk situation. You know, the best case scenario is not to have no coronavirus on the cruise because the real the, the reality is, is that that's probably uh, an impossibility. But the question is, when there is an out, now, no, I almost used the O word, the O word meaning outbreak. When there is a few cases here and there, how is it handled and how is a full-on outbreak prevented? And that's what it looks like. Uh, it's been put to the test. It's been put to the test. There were people on that ship uh, that we know that were on that ship with people with COVID. And it's a far cry from just, I mean, just think back. We're talking about a little bit more than a year ago, and there were just random cruise ships floating around the world, not being allowed into ports because there may have been a case or two on board or there was a rumor of a case being on board. Now, how it is, is we know there's going to be cases. Okay, we know there's going to be cases of coronavirus on board cruise ships. Ideally, they'll be asymptomatic or mild symptoms, and ideally, they will be isolated. And ideally, they'll use the technology that they have at their disposal to make sure that there is no outbreak. Like we heard, already heard on the Royal Caribbean ship, the facial recognition technology has taken into effect. Um, that uh, uh, the, I heard, I heard somebody say that the uh, the Chinese market was really, really mastering the facial recognition technology. That was something that was really, really being, uh, uh, the Chinese were really, really at the forefront and at the, at the head of the facial recognition, uh, uh, I guess, I guess battle to, to kind of like, you know, I guess that's what it was in the eighties. It was star Wars, uh, the race for space. Now it's who's the quickest to facial recognition. And it sounds like the Chinese have it. And my answer to that is, well, um, they better be. And that's, yeah, that's a little bit of an off-color racist joke, uh, but it's all in good fun, is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? We don't have to uh, grease up our undercarriages because of this. It's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine. We're okay. Um, But it is what it is. It does sound like they, they did do a good job of getting ahead of these situations and making sure that people were um, being responsible, you know? I listen to, uh, and it's always, it's funny to hear the lay people talk about cruising, the people who aren't really into cruising, 
And it was funny to hear Stuart Sheeran on Doug's show the other day, or maybe it was today, talk about how, um, you know, <laughs> there were people, the press, the regular mainstream media comes on board and thinks that those hand-washing sinks that Royal Caribbean has installed right before you get into the windjammer, they think that this is like a corona protocol thing. Oh, they installed hand-washing sinks. No, dude, they were there already, okay? to wash up now what you also heard was a couple of things uh you heard carnival cruise line was not going to require the buffet food food to be handed out by staff you were still going to get your trusty tongs you can still serve your own concoctions you can put the you know fried rice next to the chicken parmesan you know you can put the chicken franchise next to your three self-made tacos from the taco bar. The rules are still out the window. You don't have to look. Uh, you don't have to. You don't have to feel shamed when you're loading up those mashed potatoes onto your plate for the seventh time in the same sitting. I don't know who would do something like that. That's just. I mean, that's just. Uh, shout out to Hannah. Hannah cruising on uh, cruised with us and she ate all of the food on the Norwegian escape and she was proud about it. I'm not I'm not giving her a hard time she was proud about it all right so we were talking about consistencies okay we were talking about consistencies that you heard from these crews back the second one that you heard from everybody uh, that was consistent across the board was how appreciative the crew was to have everybody back and how palpable the sense of uh, gratitude from the crew was. And just, you know, it is what it is. We always go on these cruise ships. And yes, you know, some people have the idea that the crew is supposed to be like a major league umpire or referee, meaning that if they come up in the conversation, they're not doing a good job. They should be out of sight. They should be just making your vacation great. They're to serve you, uh, which I couldn't disagree with anymore. Uh, when I go on cruise ships, the crew is always a big part of the cruise for us. We enjoy the interaction with the crew. We enjoy seeing them, and they seem happy. And this is what I'll say to this as well. And I'm not trying to get political but, you know, those are always famous last words, as people, you know, say when they're about to get political. All I'm going to say is there's a there's this misnomer out there about cruising and how this is an indentured servitude. These people are ripped out of their homes in the Philippines, put on boats against their will, and they're made to serve us fat Americans pina coladas and mashed potatoes, the aforementioned mashed potatoes. Okay. Well, they could have been the Afro. They could have been any mashed potatoes. They didn't necessarily have to be those aforementioned mashed potatoes. But what I am saying is that in most of the crew's bashing, yes, you get the floating petri dish. Yes, you get the overfed and nearly dead uh, and newly wed. You get all that stuff. But then you also said, and did you hear how they treat the crew? Now, I don't know. I do not know. I'm not a part of the decision-making process, and I don't know what happens below deck on a cruise ship as much as a lot of these people do, but all I am saying is that, you know, I come from and I am in an industry where it's completely different. It's completely different than your industry. Now, when I say you, I mean you sitting at home listening to this. 
I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Now, some of you are going to contest. You know, I work more hours than you, and I'm sure many of you do. But in the restaurant business, it's a different thing. Like you sign up for that business, and you know, if you do uh, ever get to a point in your career where you're actually making salary, which yes, you will in many cases as a manager and into salary territory make less than some of your subordinates as servers and bartenders. The only difference is is that yeah, you don't have to clean up beer slop and chase uh and chase things around like that on on a regular basis as much as they do, I should say. And you know, you're still going to make money if it rains. You know, so there's advantages and disadvantages. Now, here's the other thing too. Uh it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle, sort of like a little bit of a cultish type of a vibe. And we all know that that's the case with cruising. We all know that many people kind of have their ship life and then they have their home life. Some people are, you know, they're out there. And I hate to say rock star type mentality because it's 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 similar to the restaurant business. It's just a burn the candle at both ends work hard play hard scenario yes you get to you have to bust your ass yes you have to work significantly harder than the average nine to five person significantly more hours more stress mental demands i'm not knocking anybody's job out there but i've had a lot of jobs and i know people with jobs they go to work at nine o'clock they come home at six o'clock okay they're also a lot of times not thinking about work. Many people, dare I say the majority, restaurant managers, restaurant people, there is no off the clock. Somebody doesn't show up. You just did a 10-hour shift. Somebody doesn't show up. Oh, I got a flat tire. Or, oh, I had to. No, guess what? Here you go. Another eight hours right in your mouth. Enjoy it. What's the upside? The money's pretty good. Now, for the restaurant industry, the money is pretty good. Uh, but you also just, you're a part of a little bit of something different. There's drinking. There's tomfoolery. There are hijinks, dare I say. Some of them end up being near do wells You know what I mean? Uh, it does get a little wacky. And there is like a little bit of a, of an incestuous kind of sexual tension that goes on between coworkers. Uh, that's just, that's, that's more, it happens in restaurants, but more so in the bar nightlife, uh, capacity. But I will say in, on the ships, that's what happens. You know what I mean? Carnival knows what they're doing when they let them have dollar drinks. Carnival knows what they're doing when they do crew bar parties with DJs and, you know, they, they, it's, it's rockstar. It's uh, work hard, play hard. And they go in and they like it and they live for it and they enjoy it. Now, the money, I don't know. All I do know is that when they do hiring parties in uh, the Philippines or wherever they go to, you know, recruit wherever they go, uh, there's no shortage typically of people who want to come on board and be a part of uh, the cruise team and, and, and dive into a contract. Okay. And, uh, then when you hear the reports that we're talking about, you know, this is something that was taken away from all of us, including the crew, for a very long time. Now it's back and you're hearing everybody talk about how appreciative and how 
uh, basically, it's just a love fest with the crew. And that's so good to hear. And it just confirms, like, you know, just shut up with your, like, you know, no, they're not asking you to defend them. They're not out there saying, please help us. We're blinking twice. You know what I mean? We're not, they're not, they're not, they're not calling 911 for the ship and uh, from the ship and asking for pepperoni pizza, if you know what I mean. It's not that type of thing. They are seemingly so thankful to be back on board and everything's relative. Whatever they tell us, they get paid. I don't know how far that goes in the Philippines. I'm not here to tell you that it's even split. I'm not even here to tell you that they're not underpaid. They may be underpaid. But there is an upside. They are getting a rock star lifestyle. They're, um, they, they have rough days. And they have times when they're having the time of, of their lives. That's just the way it is. And um, this is the show. And the show this week, well, you know what? Let's, I do want to just spend a couple, I want to say a couple more things. So Carnival we talked about as far as not making you get served in the buffet. You are allowed to use the tongs and serve yourself in the buffet at Carnival. For a guy like me, that's going to save me a lot of embarrassment. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Yes, I do want you to add another slice of ham. Well, uh, sir, your plate is full. Okay. Put it next to the mushrooms on top of the sandwich and behind that uh, third slice of pizza. You know what I mean? Try to try to try to keep try to keep it off the cold broccoli salad. <laughs> I miss all that stuff. You know what I miss? I'll tell you what I miss. Tanzanite. I want to hear if I don't get somebody talking in my ear about Tanzanite. That same freaking line they give you. Uh, let's go to the shoppers. Let's go to the shopping workshop in the in the in the in the auditorium. You know, all right. So you show up at the show. Hi, my name is Claire, and I have the best job in the world. My job is to shop. Okay, let's talk about Tanzanite. Tanzanite International. <laughs> Ti. Um, you go on a cruise ship, man. They're gonna tell you about some Tanzanite. I'm into it. You know. Uh, you heard it here, guys. You heard it here. On my next cruise, I'm buying Tanzanite. I got to figure out what my next cruise is. Now, I know the one cruise, that celebrity. I know that. But I got the choices around it. I got the five days. The five-day cruise on... Uh, on... On... What is it? It's the uh, Odyssey of the Seas. I also have the Panama Canal 10-dayer for a thousand bucks each, thousand per person. Got the lovely Miss K thinking about maybe taking that one. And then I looked on Carnival. And Carnival, I can get to, uh, I believe, I got to get to Orlando the same day. And I could do a cruise on either the Magic or the Mardi Gras, I believe. Or maybe the Mardi Gras. I wanted, They're close. They're close. But I want to, since I'm not paying for this cruise and I'm probably going to have some time off, we'll see. Stay tuned on that. We've got to talk about the job in the Patreon. I'll let you know how that goes. But that's still a thing. So we're still battling that. 
and we'll, we'll, I'll keep you posted. Also wanted to mention that Key West, that's right, Key West. We talk about Key West all the time. Uh, we love Key West on the uh, on this show. But uh, the topic of the day is that Key West is now going to have the decision not to let large cruise ships dock at their port. It's reversed. They are going to allow large ships to come back to Key West. Man, what a what, what a rigmarole. What a conundrum. What tomfoolery and hijinks is going on? I don't know what's going on. Back and forth, we're coming, we're going. You know what I mean? Some sort of crazy, I don't know. They're trying to they're trying to restart the Jones Act over there. And uh apparently it got thwarted by a one Governor DeSantis. Uh guy's on a roll, huh? What can you say? What can you say? Uh what else? Also, I did go to Montauk, Montauk Point. Um, excuse me. You see, very late, and I am yawning on this podcast, and I do yawn sometimes on the Patreon because it's late, but now it's late. This is like when I time I usually record the Patreon, so that's why I do apologize for a yawn here and there. Uh, so I was driving, and I decided to go to Montauk, and I went to Montauk, and it's about two and a half hours away from where I live. It's all the way across Long Island, and it's crazy because where I work at, which is Salt in Merrick, that is kind of like the cutoff. That is kind of like once you go out past that, you do start to see a change in the geography. Okay, Things are a little bit spread out. Now, it's still Long Island. You're still going to get off at any exit at any point uh, on that, you know, quote-unquote more uh getting a little bit more towards rural vibe, you'll still get off and you'll go into a gas station and you'll hear, hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how are you? You'll still hear that. It is what it is. You can't, you're not going to get away from that on Long Island. But just the visual, the vibe and the feel for the towns, even just, so, even as, 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 see, where I live and where I am, it, it's very much close to an extension of Queens. Everything's on top of each other. Real estate is at a premium. Parking's a nightmare. Traffic's tight. Buildings are all like stuck together. Like everything's tight, 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 tight. But when you get past where I work and get into just the very, very beginnings of Suffolk County, you know, I'm even talking about Massapequa. I'm talking about, you know, places like that. It gets, it opens up. It's weird. It was like a little bit of a, a feeling to me like, wow, I already feel like I'm out of here. Five minutes past where I work, which is east of where I live, a good, you know, 25 to 35 minutes east of where I do live. Uh, you know, where I do work, it still kind of really feels like it's like Long Island, Long Island, Nassau County, Queens, Long Island. But then you go out just a little bit more after that, it starts to change. So the reason I wanted to go is because I just kept telling myself, I, I just want to do something. I want to I change my scenery. I want to get a feel for something other than what it is, what, I, what I'm dealing with on my day-to-day. So I did that, drove out, got there last night, and, and I just kind of uh, walked around a little bit. I checked into a hotel. I checked out the lighthouse, got some pictures of the lighthouse, and, um, and that was it. There was a night out. Like, the night out was so awakening for me. If you're a fan of the stories, if you're a fan of kind of like the reflect the reflectiveness, like me kind of like looking back and kind of 
overanalyzing things and like I had a night out. It did get fairly interesting. Some of it for like real reasons because it's like it was interesting. And some of it is interesting because of my point of view on it. I think it's kind of interesting where I went, uh, what I did, how it transpired. And it's just honestly, I would not have done it. I would not have done it if it wasn't for the Patreons and the Super Cones like out there because I'm like, you know what? I got to do something. I got to see where this night's going to take me. I would prefer maybe just to go home, wake up early, maybe do a fishing trip. But no, it's a night out on the town in Montauk solo. Let's see where it takes us. And yeah, it took us. And all I can say is that, you know what? You're very rarely not rewarded for just deciding to do the things. You know what I mean? Do the things. Book the trip. Have the sex. You know, all that stuff. Whatever they tell you to do. Uh, Do the drugs. (laughs) We should change do the things to do the drugs. I'm kidding. No, we shouldn't. Drugs are best. Say no. Just say no. Uh... But that's it. So, yeah, that's uh, – and then the next day I went to – just walked around a little bit. I went to Gulfsman's Dock, had one of the best lobster rolls I've ever had. I took some pictures. I did a Facebook Live that is still up, walked out on the jetties. And honestly, you go to Montauk, and that's where my childhood vacation was. And I'll get definitely – childhood vacations were uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, every time you go back, you know, it just looks a little smaller than it did the time before. But there's just it just oozes with nostalgia from when I was a kid. I remember I'm like, wow, I literally remember it was like yesterday, six years old, walking into that T-shirt store, buying like a red, white, and blue Olympic T-shirt that I was obsessed with this T-shirt. They printed for you. You could tell them what you want them to write on it. I totally forgot what I had them write on it, but it was like this cool, like all-American Olympic T-shirt and I was so pumped to have it. Then you go over across and get the get a get a slice from the village pizza, and it's all still there, just like it was. You know, it's a town where time kind of stops. It's a tourist town, but it's its own thing. It really is. And I, and I was I was just equating. It. It's like basically the Long Island of Key West. I mean, I'm sorry the the Key West of Long Island, and that was that sentiment was kind of echoed to me when I did end up in a watering hole, and I won't say a lot of it here, just because you know some people even Colin got in my head last last night too. He's like, "How many subscribers did you lose?" And Colin, I'm not. I'm sorry, Colin. I do not want you to feel like I'm coming at you, Colin. I guess we had a dicey thing. I, I, I Colin, I will do a public apology. He thought I was basically shitting on his life's work. Uh, I think I was probably saying something uh, either disparaging or not accurate about the aviation industry. And uh, I don't I did not mean to upset or offend anybody in that regard. But, uh, you know, we're trying to be funny out here sometimes. And maybe I said some off color things. But Colin mentioned that he thought the last episode was uh, and Colin, please don't be upset. I say this in all good, 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 uh, good faith. You know what I mean? You're my boy, okay? But he did say, "How many subscribers did you lose?" 
on your last episode. And I was like, I don't think I lost any. In fact, the viewership, the listenership seemed to be a little bit ahead of where it usually is in this state, the stake in the, uh, at this stage of the game. And he said, wow. And I was like, well, you didn't like it. He was like, no, I liked it, but you know, it was a little bit more of a Patreon type episode. And I knew that too. I knew when I was doing it, I'm like, well, I'm going down a couple of rabbit holes here, but, uh, I don't know. Again, this thing is still a work in progress and it always will be. That's all I got. The show would be a little bit longer tonight, but Hey, listen, nobody likes to write emails anymore. Who the hell am I to blame you? You know what I mean? Boat drinks cones. There's a place where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part shade of a nine-nine tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Jimmy Perfectly good island somewhere Well, I'll ride the boats and don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine, ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing There's a song in my ear That I want you to hear Soft tropical lips that are singing Get away where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the boat leaves from So get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away All of your big problems You got worries You could drop them In the blue ocean But you gotta get away To where the So get away To where the boat leaves from It takes away I love your big problems You got worries, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the police from